Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you for listening to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, your podcast host, and it's a joy to have you with us today for today's podcast. Here in the studio with me today is State Trooper, none other than Kent Jeffries. He is with the Ohio State... Uh, let me back this up. He's with the Ohio State Highway Patrol. Did I get that right? That's correct. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. That's great. I feel good about myself, and I needed to feel good about myself. So I got that right. He's been with them for nearly 21 years. Yeah. And what he may not tell you that I'm going to tell you is he's also my brother. That's right. So That's right. We commiserate together. We commiserate together. Okay, enough there. We got Because it could be that our wives will listen to this. Moving maybe. along. That's right. Yeah, moving right along. So welcome to the podcast, Thank Ken. you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that you're here. And... Uh, I'd like for you to just, first of all, and I, I ask a lot of people this, like, tell us some little-known fact about Kent Jeffries. Well, I think, um, I don't even know if my wife knows this or my kids know this even, but I, a little-known fact is that I took trumpet lessons for about two weeks when I was probably 12. <laughs> <laughs> did not go well. It didn't go well. No, did not go well. You weren't Louis Armstrong. I right? did not know you needed those kind of lungs. <laughs> <laughs> the lips, the lungs, all of that. Painful. Oh, yeah. to, I bet it was painful to your parents to hear you practice for I'm two weeks. I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember when Jessica and Jacinda were taking uh, lessons with their saxophones. I, I, I used to, and they would do it in the basement where my office was at the time. Oh, yes. And I'd say, it sounds like somebody's strangling a goose. You know, <laughs> just it was, it was, it was terrible. But eventually, they did learn how to play him. <laughs> well, we're glad you're on here on the podcast today, Kent. And you and I had talked about this a couple different times, and so today we're finally getting around to be able to record this session. And we're going to be talking about something that's very important, very relevant. And that is PTSD among first responders, right. uh, people in the military, people that are police and police force, state troopers, and those who are first responders. Tell me, first of all, a little bit about your background. Kind of give everybody a little taste of who you are sure. and just kind of tell us a little bit about your journey to where you are today. Sure. Well, I, I grew up in Colorado, uh, born and raised there, and uh, in a strong Christian home. Went to church, you know, three times a week uh, growing up, and um, graduated from high school there. And I enlisted in the Marine Corps uh, immediately out of high school. Mm -hmm. I did that for six years, and then I got out and completed a, a degree in criminal justice. That's mm -hmm. where I wanted to, to do the rest of my career. Right, and then um, I started. Uh, my position with the State Highway Patrol here in Ohio. I had met uh, my wife, Krista, and she was from here, and the Lord just led us back here. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so that's kind of what got me into law enforcement and, and got us where we, we were up in Port Clinton. That's great. And you're very involved in the church there at Port Clinton. Right, and right. even do some uh, some teaching from time to time. Yep, yep. It's, it's been a journey. Port Clinton's uh, just a great place to, yeah. uh, to live and great people, and we love them up there. That's great. Very much. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Kent. And I, I say to anybody who served in the military, thank you for your years of service. And you're thank welcome. you for your service to the country. Appreciate that so very much. And for what you're doing now. Sure. Uh, being out there on the highways as a state trooper, uh, it's not a safe place sometimes to be. Right, right. But we appreciate so much all that you do. Yeah, you're welcome. So this, this subject that we want to talk for a little bit about today, this matter of PTSD, Kent, why is this an issue that's important to you? Tell us a little bit about that journey in your life as to, and why this is so important now. Right. Well, having been now going on 21 years, um, I'm starting to see and have, have been seeing the, the results of what that does to your mind. Um, and, you know, as, as, as one disclaimer, um, we, you know it going in. You're told when you, when you get a job in law enforcement, you're going to see some tough things. You're going right. to deal with some tough right. issues. And I remember in the academy, of course, 20 years ago, they told us, you know, be sure you have a mental health professional you can talk to mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, or a church or, or faith, you know, use your faith or uh, right. has that, have that as an outlet or whatever. And I just remember thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a strong Christian and I've gone to church all my life, so I'm covered. And kind of just put that behind, mm-hmm. behind me and just pushed on. Now, 21, almost 21 years later, I realized that that didn't cover me like I thought it would. Yeah. When we're young, we feel so invincible, don't we? Sure we do. Yeah, sure we're, we we're do. blindsided to the fact that we're going to be far more vulnerable to what you're going to be seeing through the years, especially for somebody like you who's been at 21 years, right? than you realize at that time. So 21 years, you've seen a lot, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. You don't realize it. Um, you don't realize it until you start thinking back and, you know, your memories mm-hmm. take you back to places mm-hmm. and to, yeah. to scenes and intersections and, yeah. you know, that type of stuff. Right. So we, we use the acronym PTSD for some of our listeners who may have heard the term but may not know what it is. Kind of, can you kind of explain what, what it is exactly? Sure. I mean, you know, and I'm not a counselor, of course. Right. I'm, not a, right. I'm not a mental health professional, but how, how I understand it, it stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. And I think probably like most of us, I always thought, oh, yeah, PTSD, that's what soldiers deal with when they come back from, right. you know, mm-hmm. Vietnam or Iraq or whatever. That's what combat veterans uh, have to deal with. And, and even though I was a Marine for six years, I never saw combat, mm-hmm. never saw, I don't think I even experienced trauma that I remember. So PTSD was, you know, something that soldiers deal with, not, not us. Yeah. Um, now looking back, I feel very stupid. <laughs> I feel like I was very naive to think 21 years in law enforcement was not going to affect my mind. Well, you know, it was almost a term we didn't talk a lot about. I mean, now it's front and center. You hear about it a lot more than you used to, but you can, you can understand why it's not just reserved to people that have served in the military, but they're first responders and even other people sometimes sure, sure. have gone through deeply traumatic events sure. can experience I mean, even this. people who just have traumatic childhoods, yes. you know, can suffer from it. And that's mm-hmm. just stuff that I never realized yeah, until that's, now. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. 
But it's good that, and if I understand you correctly, there seems to be more education that's taking place right now. Is that right? Yes. And, you know, like I said, 20 years ago, it was, we knew it existed, and, you know, as a, mm-hmm. as a profession, it really wasn't stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're seeing a lot more now. Of course, yeah. society is a lot worse now than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, uh, law enforcement suicides uh, have been prevalent. Uh, we've had several in the state patrol that have been troubling. And so it has kind of um, awoken the dragon. Yes. Or, uh, if, mm-hmm. if I could use that term. But, um, and so they are, our division, uh, the state patrol, is really mm-hmm. pushing it. And it's becoming a big, a big issue, which is, which is a great thing because that's how I first realized mm-hmm. what was going on in my life was this. And mm-hmm. I never realized it. It was kind of you know, the light bulb turned on, um, and Mm -hmm. I suddenly realized, so that's what's Mm -hmm. been going on in my mind. Yeah. So in a personal way, this has impacted you. So I want to touch on that in just a moment, but I would like to do is just take a couple moments here and and talk about, and again, you're not a professional, I'm not a professional, but the information is out there. What are some of those signs that people need to kind of be looking for that could possibly indicate that they're dealing with PTSD? Right. Um, so there's, there are, like you said, there's lots of, lots of signs and I, I don't experience all of them. Right. Um, and, and this is not also not to minimize anybody else's experience. Absolutely. Obviously my, everybody's experience is different. Mm -hmm. Um, but some of the things that uh, people may notice uh, is just uh, things like feeling alone or isolated, mm-hmm. irritability, um, unexplained anger, unexplained emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's feeling helpless. Um, things that I've especially suffered with have been the intrusive thoughts, um, nightmares, wow, uh, mm-hmm. flashbacks, things like that. Um, those are the big ones that I, I have suffered with. Wow. Yeah, and that's as you as you go down through that list. I mean, you could you could see how when those things start creeping, especially when they start multiplying. Sure, and you're having multiple symptoms. How that can really begin to wear mentally. Yes, it does on your on mm-hmm. your mind. So you've been working through some of this yourself, right? So how. You're a guy. I'm a I'm a dude. You're a dude. Right. And, and we, you know, I got a book. I got a book that I keep that I've never read, but I but I love the book because the title says I don't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> oh boy. And it's all about us dudes, and we don't want to right. we don't want to talk about it. Uh, did you experience some of that? No, oh, absolutely. Was, yeah. What was what was that like for you? And how did and how did you ever reach a point where you finally said, you know, or what did you do to finally start talking this out? Well, I think, you know, I think that's, I think that's a big part of it is that I'm a man. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be the leader of my home. I'm supposed right. to be, you know, my wife's, my wife's strength and her rock. And so I don't want to talk about things that happened at work. I don't want to trouble her. I don't want to, sure. I don't want to scare her. There were times when I really thought that, um, you know, I, I could have been injured or mm-hmm. I pulled a right. gun on a guy and I, I don't want to like 
make my wife, you know, she's nervous enough with me being in law enforcement without telling her what actually happens, you know? (laughs) So, honey, guess what happened at work today? Right. (laughs) So I routinely would keep that quiet. Um, and is that common among most? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're men and we're tough yeah. and, and we're, and we're cops, right? right or right. we're, or we're, um, you know, we're EMTs or whatever. We're some firemen. Mm-hmm. Sure. And we're tough and we're supposed to handle this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the common, that's the common perception. And it's a misperception because, um, our brains are no different than anybody else's. Right. And we, we have to handle things, true. Mm-hmm. But we can't. We just can't keep everything inside forever. Right. It just My, keeps. It keeps on mounting and yeah, getting yeah. heavier and heavier and heavier. Right. To My us. therapist explains it as, you know, our brains are a file file cabinet, mm-hmm. and you've been putting stuff in that file cabinet for years, and it's full, and you yeah. can't put anything else, and it's starting to come out. <laughs> right. Right. And so some of these signs that you've talked about could be very well indicators that that file cabinet is full and right, running over. Right, right. And it's absolutely. time to do something. And, and to me, it's encouraging that your division, State Highway Patrol, is, is really looking at this and trying to educate because, again, if somebody doesn't bring awareness and, and normalizing it, you know, you hear that term a lot, but don't you, don't you feel like that's probably important is to somehow begin to normalize? Because I think don't a lot of guys, because they don't talk, are suffering lives of despair secretly. Sure, sure. And, that's and they what don't think to, anybody else maybe is. Right, and that's what state. leads to the suicides, right? They think that it's mm-hmm. just them or, or whatever. Yeah. But right, I mean, it was, it was because of a division training uh, that I went to that woke me up. We were having a class. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was probably 25 troopers in this room. And they, they began teaching this class on, uh, on this issue. And they mm-hmm. said, they had everybody raise your hand if you've, if you've handled more than five death notifications. Well, we mm-hmm. had 25 troopers. Five is not much. So about all of us raised our hands. Right. Um, then they said, you know, keep them raised if you've done more than 10 death notifications. Well, it was probably half. Mm-hmm. 15 death notifications. There was probably eight of us maybe. Then they said, if you've done more than 20 death notifications, and it was just me and another trooper. Wow. And it kind of made me realize, you know, wow, I've done a lot. And, and of course, the fact that a death notification would be traumatic, I didn't even sure. realize, but, mm-hmm. but it is. Mm-hmm. And as I listened to that class, they started explaining what that does and how it works. And, and that was when my eyes kind of became opened. Mm-hmm. Right. And I realized then, you know, if maybe some of these things that I had noticed were were related to PTSD. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. I'm glad that you got that training because, like you said, the light bulb came on. Right. And you knew you, you needed to do something. So what is what do you think, as you look now, based on what you did and what maybe they were they're recommending – what would be first, second steps that maybe somebody who begins to wonder, like, well, maybe I do have PTSD. What would be those first or second steps you would recommend or suggest? Well, I think just understanding, and I, I remember I went to one class uh, or, or listened to a speaker, I guess it's more of a seminar, and he was actually a, a, a combat veteran, but mm-hmm. he kept saying, 
when you say to yourself, what is wrong with me? Because that's what I kept saying to myself. What mm-hmm. is wrong with me? Right, right. Um, the answer is there's nothing wrong with you. You're, you are reacting normally to abnormal circumstances. And it helped me to see there was nothing wrong with me. But I said that so many times because I just saw different areas of my life that were just so struggling, especially for a Christian. Right, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. It is, an, it is emotional to go through this because, yeah. you know, we do have this situation because being a believer— uh, I've been there. Numbers of people have been there. We think that somehow that we should be different from other people in the ability to be able to cope with so much trauma. Right. And yet, the truth of the matter is, we, as the Bible teaches us, we do have this treasure in earthen vessels. Yeah. And so, it is something yeah. that's very difficult sometimes for Christians to accept because. We just think somehow my faith should heal all of that. Right. We're not and supposed to have problems. We're not supposed to be vulnerable to that. Yeah. We shouldn't. Somehow we should be above right. the effects of being involved in something like you're involved in yeah. as a first responder. Yeah. What I think now is, you know, Christians don't have a problem with seeing a doctor. Right. We see dentists. We see eye doctors. But we won't see a mental health professional because I'm not crazy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the key, because we associate a mental right. health professional with being crazy. Crazy right. people see somebody. Right. Yeah, but and, that's and not we also true. Equate, we also equate mental health with spirituality. Yes, we do. And it's, but it's, it's, it's medical. It's part of your body. That's exactly right. And so I was, I was experiencing things like just irritability. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just very irritable. Mm-hmm. I, and little things people would say... Friends, family, church members right. just got under my skin. And, you know, I think, okay, calm down. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to act that way. You're not supposed to react that way. Um, just a lack of, of patience with people yes. uh, was, was bad. But then things like, like hypervigilance is another mm-hmm. key sign mm-hmm. of PTSD. And, and this is just... Uh, I, I just remember always, and then I still struggle. A couple of weeks ago, this happened. Uh, we go to Walmart, and I want to make sure I can see my kids at all times. Mm-hmm. And just a couple of weeks ago, I went out. I went to Walmart with Hannah, and she she just stepped around a corner uh, to look at something, mm-hmm. and I just instantly called out her name. And she said, "I'm here, Dad." And I said, "You know better than to go out of my sight when we're in a store." And I kind of snapped at her. Mm-hmm. And that's just that hypervigilance. You just think yeah. that the whole world yeah. is around, you know, is evil around you, and that you're just constantly going right. to be victimized. And how old is Hannah? Uh, she's 14. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> it's not like and, she's a four year old. Yeah, no. Yeah, gotcha. and all my kids have yeah. had to, had to live with yeah. this. Um, I'd never wanted my kids to play in the in the yard, front yard or backyard, without me, and because someone yeah. was going to take them. Yeah, and I think when you when you deal in society and you're around criminality all the time, mm-hmm. you you begin to think the whole world is evil around you, and that there is no safe place. Yeah, you get very jaundiced. Very, it. absolutely. Very. And you get yeah. you can get cynical, of course, yeah. and you know the whole the whole nine yards that goes along with that. Cultural. T- Situations today are are probably heightening the impact. Yeah, that's not helping. Up on for, no, it's yeah. not helping, is Mm-mm. it? Right. So because there's a lot, there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of distrust. 
or and I and I and I can say this, but I think our media has has fed a lot of this mistrust. Sure, sure. And it's and to where people are talking about now defunding police forces and and there's a lot of anger and hostility. That's re, that's affecting you guys, isn't it? It it does. Um, and you know you can think that that the whole world is against you. I think one of the positive things about mm-hmm. this recent you know state that we're in, right? It has also brought out a lot of our positive support. Sure. And we have a lot more people approaching me saying, hey, we support you guys, hang in there, yep. you know, we have your backs. Yeah. And that's helped too. But Because I do think the majority of people still appreciate the sure. law enforcement oh, sure, first absolutely. responders. I, I, yeah, I, I can't, don't think that's I, I think I see that, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that too. A lot of people are stepping forward to express their appreciation. Yeah, right. So, Kent... Uh, Let's let, let's just, let's build this scenario here as we as we get close near the end of the podcast here. Um, so somebody who hears you speaking today thinks, you know what, I'm resonating with some of this. Right, right. So if you could sit down with them in a coffee shop somewhere in a booth where they feel safe and secure and it's okay to talk, sure. What would be two or three things that you would tell them? to do to try to, to move beyond where they are with this? What would be some, some steps that you would encourage them to, to take? Well, awareness is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Understanding what the signs are and then making the connection between your life and those signs, and it's not just yeah. the other guy. Yeah. Um, getting them to talk and getting it out. Of course, that's as I look at my treatment as a whole, a lot of it has to do with just getting it out yes. and not just mm-hmm. keeping it inside because we just, it bottles up inside of us and it just goes around and around and around in circles and just pretty soon it drives you nuts. Right. So just talking about it, of course, obviously seeing a counselor. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking at, at camp last week or last uh, summer, sorry, with a guy at our camp who works for a funeral home. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him about this. And he was telling me about uh, a little girl that he had to pick up uh, from a crash on a highway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was expressing to me what he was going through mm-hmm. in his mind. And my heart just broke within me when he was talking to me because I, I saw the signs. Yes. And I looked him right. straight in the eye and as straight as I could say it. And I said, mm-hmm. you need to see a counselor. That's right. And uh, <clears throat> he, uh, I could see the look in his eye. Was really you think so? You know, and yeah. I just my heart bleeds for yeah. guys who who let this stuff just get stuck inside of them, right? And uh, yeah. and eventually, it eventually it's going to come out. It is, you know, eventually it's going to come out. And when you see it come out in negative ways, you definitely need to yeah. you, you need to get help. And it's not wrong. It it's not doesn't make you any less of a Christian to see it to see a, yeah. a therapist. And that's important. It's it's not a sign of weakness or failure. No, absolutely not. And in fact, it's it's a sign of wisdom and strength. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and again, it's not a reflection against people spiritually. No, no. No more than me dealing with diabetes or anything that I might have to deal with right. is a indication that I'm not spiritually where yeah, I ought right, to be. No. But it's no. amazing how mental illness can affect and cloud 
our perception of our relationship with God, our relationship to others sure. we love, it does impact so many areas of our life. Right. So. Right. Well, Kent, I really appreciate you sharing this today. If somebody wanted to c- connect with you and maybe even... Uh, so two things. Number one, if they want to connect with you, and secondly, is there a website that you would recommend? Sure. Uh, well, you can connect with me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Okay. Um, I'm on LinkedIn also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I visit that every once in a while. But yeah, just just reach out to them, and I'm, I'm sure they could reach out to you if they need okay. to. Great. Uh, but yeah, I'd be more than willing to talk to anybody sure. and, and relate experiences and uh, help people through that journey. And also, there's and there are lots of websites. Uh, there's one called warriorsheart.com. That's a great website. Uh, it has a lot of resources on there for first responders and law enforcement. Okay. Um, you but, say Warrior's uh, Heart? Warrior's Heart. Yeah, okay. dot com is a great one to go to. Uh, and just just start start the journey. And I and I say to first responders who, you know, you really don't think you have a problem, mm-hmm. get a counselor, find yes. one you like. I yes. mean, it takes it takes time. I, I think this is my fifth one that I'm that I've been on and mm-hmm. I finally I finally been with her the longest and she's really helped. That's great. Um, find one that you can connect with. I encourage you to find one that's that's first responder trained or, or certified. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because that's when I finally found the one that could relate to what I was do, you know mm-hmm. talking about. Right. And just get a relationship started and keep talking cuz what I've learned is as I've gone through this, now I'm now there's stuff coming up in my in my sessions that I didn't even realize you know was related mm-hmm. to this. Right. And it, it's just the, the the bigger pieces of the puzzle are all starting to come together. It sure explains a lot of things, doesn't it? Sure it? Does. Yeah. it sure does. It sure does. And for some of us who've been in places where we couldn't understand why we were thinking or feeling or acting the way we were, right? It, while it doesn't excuse anything, it sure enough explains a lot. Sure. And some of sure. us need that explanation. Right, absolutely. It really helps. And it gives you the tools and techniques sure. to be able to deal with thoughts when they show absolutely. up. That you know are not rational, mm-hmm. um, you can go right to those techniques and things that they teach you, and That's it just great. helps you to be able to cope with stuff. Sure, sure. right. That's wonderful. Well, Kent, I didn't tell you we were going to do this, but we're going to uh, end on a real positive note. Okay, and that is, I want you to tell everybody about your coffee business. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got to end. We got to end this on a good, a high note here. So tell me about. Tell everybody about your coffee and where they can order some of your coffee, folks. You're going to love this. He's got they, they've got some amazing coffee. So tell them about it. <laughs> so in 2017, um, well, to make a long story short, my doctor told me I had to start drinking decaf for my uh, for my heartburn. Okay. And as we all know, decaf is disgusting. <laughs> and so as I was drinking, can decaf, I get a witness on that? Yeah, it's kind of get a witness. <laughs> As I was drinking uh, my my disgusting decaf one day, I just thought to myself, "Man, I wish I could roast my own decaf and uh-huh. make something decent." And uh, and I just Googled it, and lo and behold, you can roast your own coffee. And yeah. so I started. It was a hobby that I got started in, and I've enjoyed it so much. And I've been kind of, I was kind of talking to my family about it uh, on a vacation a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and and they came up with this grand idea that I start roasting coffee as a business. Uh-huh. And maybe look at it as a potential retirement gig. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing, and it's pretty successful. People love our coffee, and so um, 
So yeah, that's that's it's yeah, going well. I like the one Sailor something. What's it called? Sailor's Delight. Yeah, Sailor's that's Delight. Our most right. popular seller. Tell everybody where they can go and and where they can order some coffee if they yeah, want sure. to. What's, so our, what's the website? Our or? website is Bellamy's Coffee Roasting uh, at dot com, and then our email also is Bellamy's Coffee at uh, gmail dot com. Bellamy's and, um, Coffee. Yeah, Bellamy's, Bellamy's Coffee for everybody. B e l l a m y. All right. Yes. Bellamy's yeah. Coffee. Right. That's great. Well, wonderful. Well, Kent, thanks so much again for being part of the podcast today. Appreciate it so very much. And thank appreciate you. you as my brother. Thank you very much. Appreciate and you too. Thank you for all that you do. And friends, thank you today for listening to the Hope Along the Journey podcast. We appreciate our listeners so very much. And as I always say, and will continue to say, keep looking to Jesus because he truly is the hope of the world. And if you look to him, he'll help you find hope along your journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.